So welcome to uh, DDA's Encouraging Abilities podcast. I'm your host, Evan Kelly. Uh, this is where we connect with advocates in the disability community or the community at large and help tell their stories, raise disability awareness, and uh, be a supporter and advocate for them as well. Uh, for those who don't know about DDA, we are a community living agency that serves Vancouver and Richmond. We support roughly 2,000 clients with developmental disabilities and their families and have been doing so since 1952. So if you can do the math, 2022 is actually our 70th anniversary. Now today we are talking about the province's move to a $10 a day child care system. It's something the NDP has been promising for some time and with the federal government's assistance is moving forward, at least in a pilot project. Uh, child care, of course, is also a vested interest for DDA. We're not just about supporting developmental disabilities. We operate nine inclusive child development centers in Vancouver and Richmond. So our guest today is Sharon Gregson. She speaks for CCCABC, or the Coalition of Child Care Advocates of BC, and she's also part of the $10 a day uh, campaign. Now, this group, of course, has been advocating for $10 a, a day child care for some time. So thank you for joining us, Sharon. It's entirely my pleasure, especially as DDA operates such high-quality child care programs. So I'm, I'm glad to be part of your podcast series. Oh, well, thank you very much for that compliment. Just right off the bat, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's many uh, child care uh, providers have been uh, part of this this pilot program um, where you have to apply for it. And there are numerous uh, child care um, uh, operators who are now in part of this $10 child care program. We are not yet, unfortunately. So, um, Sharon, right off the bat, um, what drew you, drew you to this kind of advocacy work? Like many advocates, I come to it through lived experience. I was a young mother with uh, two, uh, an infant and a toddler, and I wanted to go back to university. I was uh, in my early 20s, and as a single mom, I was shocked to discover that childcare was neither available nor affordable um, to a, a young student like me. And I became an advocate and an activist overnight and as my children got older and my family grew bigger I continued um, and changed my career to align with the, my advocacy and the, the the importance that I saw for children's rights and gender equity and economic health for childcare to be a better investment by provincial and federal government. So I've been doing this now for 30 plus years and my commitment is as strong now as it was when I first recognized the problem. Well, 30 years is uh, is quite a long time to be at this. How, and just in, in a general sense, how is the landscape of childcare doing? Are we doing better now than we, than we were? Or? There's a huge, huge change from 30 years ago. So um, when my two older sons were young, there was very little um, government support for childcare. It was really all about user fees. Um, there was very limited access. Um, it was really considered babysitting. Uh, professionals in the sector were looked at as babysitters. And so over the last few years, since 2018, there's been a, a huge shift, both from the, the provincial and now federal governments to recognize the workforce behind the workforce that is childcare the importance of uh, a good early start for children, uh, gender equity issues. So, yes, uh, a massive change. And really that's coalesced around the $10 a day childcare plan and 
we don't ten dollar a day sites now are not prototype sites. Um, they are now part of the emerging childcare system that is growing in BC and across the country. Now, so in your view, what's the biggest motivating factor to achieve ten dollar a day childcare? Are we? Is this just simply a money's game, or is there something more to it? Well, if governments were going to make good investment decisions around childcare because it's the right thing to do for children and families. They would have done it 50 years ago when the Status of Women uh, report first recommended a, a National Daycare Act. And so it's really been the impetus of COVID, perhaps. It's been um, the issues of growing around gender equity and, frankly, the, the, the cold economic issues um, that have, uh, I think, spurred governments um, to actually make the investments that are necessary. And of course, we, as advocates, we don't only focus on the economic issues, but we have had to make the economic argument uh, for why this is a good investment for senior levels of government in order for it to to start to happen. Now, in your view, um, is the the BC government's roadmap, uh, current roadmap, adequate? Well, we always knew it would take 10 years to build a childcare system, and it would take sustained um, government commitment through those 10 years. And so we're in year four and a half right now. And yes, we have seen a significant progress since 2018. We've seen fees that are lower. We've seen new spaces. We've seen wage enhancements for educators. And so, yes, there's been significant and measurable progress. Has government got everything right? No. Are they moving quickly enough? No. Is there still much more work to do? Yes. Um, but we are on the right track now, particularly with a $3.2 billion federal commitment. Now, um, so are you pushing to make this full-on legislation so that other governments can't overturn it? How much more work needs to be done in this regard? So two new pieces of legislation were introduced um, around early childhood educators and around early care and learning. And so that was a significant step forward to bring disparate pieces of existing legislation together into two streamlined pieces. There's more to do to embed the rights of children, all children, to access services that their families choose for them. Um, and there's more to do around developing the provincial wage grid for early childhood educators, expanding spaces in the public and non-profit sectors, and of course, dealing head-on with the most significant and immediate crisis, which is recruitment and retention of early childhood educators. Yeah, that's 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 a huge part of it. I mean, uh, you, you did mention the provincial government recently created new legislation around ECEs, the Early, Early Childhood Educator Act, uh, to improve oversight and retention. What, in your mind, does that do for that profession? Well, it, it uh, makes it clear who can call themselves an early childhood educator, um, which I think is, is helpful in the profession, and it um, also indicates some ways in which um, uh, credentials can be recognized from other jurisdictions. Um, there is a new nominee program to attract international educators into British Columbia, um, but we actually need a, a more robust strategy. We need to think about student loan forgiveness. We need to think about financial incentives to attract people into the sector, um, incentives to keep people in the sector, 
um, more than just bursaries and the wage enhancements. We need to have a, a review of overall compensation, and part of that is the provincial wage grid. Can you expand on the provincial wage grid a little bit? Right. So right now, early childhood educators um, are only required to be paid the minimum wage plus the $4 an hour wage enhancement if their employer has applied and is successful um, in in um, receiving that $4 an hour. Um, and that is that only brings educators up to 1965 or something an hour, which is um, not sufficient for the level of education and the level of responsibility um, that goes along with that in the profession. So a provincial wage grid would take into account level of education, uh, whether it's a certificate or a diploma or a bachelor, as well as years of experience, um, in order to ensure that we are competitive with the education system, so for education assistance, for example, um, whereas often um, childcare staff leave the childcare sector to work in in elementary schools, and so we need to make sure that the childcare sector is attractive for people to enter and to retain uh, to stay in. Yeah, and I mean talking about. Um you know, money that we, we we're talking about, fun, you know, financial incentives for ECEs. Uh, just to crunch a few numbers, I went to numbio.com. It's a website that compares the cost of living around the world. Is that this one? The numbers I have from October 2021. So they're a little bit skewed because it hasn't taken it into the current rate of inflation or anything like that. But it says the average monthly cost for a single person in Vancouver is $1,200. That does not even include rent. Uh, and so if you add it, add the average one bedroom, 2,200. Um, uh, plus the twelve hundred, uh, you're looking at thirty four hundred dollars a month. Whereas a full time ECE can expect to make approximately forty seven thousand dollars a year before taxes, uh, and that's thirty nine hundred dollars before income tax, benefits, and pensions. I mean, what what more do we need to do to 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 tell the government say, look, this is just not feasible? In the Canada-wide agreement that British Columbia signed um, with the Government of Canada last year, there is in the action plan the commitment to develop a wage grid. And the, in 2020, the advocates, along with the, uh, ECEBC, the professional organization representing ECEs, um, came together and released a report, um, a wage grid report, suggesting then that the starting wage for ECE should be $26 an hour. And for those with their infant, toddler, and special needs certification, it should be $29 an hour. And that's starting wage, um, and that's two years ago. So um, we are uh, right now in the process of uh, reviewing those um, those figures, and we'll be recommending to government um, new starting wages. And of course, starting wages are, are um, just the starting place and years of experience would, would ladder on top of that in the wage grid. So we, we absolutely are aware as other um, advocates from across the country, because this is not just a BC problem. Um, recruitment and retention and low wages are an issue across the country. Yeah, absolutely. But, but at the same time, um, there are obviously cheaper places to live in Canada. Are you seeing a drain from from in this profession to more affordable parts of Canada? Um, no, I'm not aware that that is an issue. Um, I know that there are people who might be moving to other parts of British Columbia. I, I personally haven't heard of childcare um, 
educators, early childhood educators moving to other parts of Canada, um, specifically around this, this issue. Now, what about the, the current inflation? Is that being built into what you're advocating for? Absolutely, yes. So the, the wage rates that we're talking about that would be in a provincial wage grid would be, would be tied to um, current contacts. And so as we are looking at updating our wage grid report, um, absolutely inflation is something that we take into account, as are the effects of COVID and the demands that are put on, on the sector. Um, so these things have to be taken into account. Yeah, absolutely. Now, going back to the the actual uh, $10 a day um, uh, campaign, like for two kids, for example, $10 a day works out to about $400 a month. You know, from my experience, I've had two kids, they're, they're older now. Um, it's better, of course, but given that the cost of living uh varies depending on where you are in Canada. Do you think this is a little out of reach for some still? So you're right. $10 a day is $200 a month. And so um, the the plan actually calls for a maximum fee of $10 a day. And so for families that are low income um, or have other barriers, then there, there could be no fee at all. And in fact, we specify that for families with an annual income of $45,000 a year or less, there would be no user fee at all. So the fee is a maximum of $10 a day. So is, in terms of this this no user fee, it's, uh, is that something that's been in uh, British Columbia already or is that sort of new part, a new part of this program? So that is, um, that is in effect now. So for families, that are low income and are enrolled in a toddler program, uh, if their fees are, um, for example, $1,200 a month, they wouldn't be paying any, any user fee at all. That's and all. that's achieved, that's currently achieved through the Affordable Child Care Benefit, which is an income-tested subsidy. Okay, so that's good. So that's, um, so they don't, there are no other subsidies that you're pushing for or anything like that at this point? Well, when we have a, a, a truly um, accessible system where the maximum fees are $10 a day and families have the access that they need, not just Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, but for extended hours or to accommodate shift work or, or part-time work, um, then we don't need um, a, a lot of other subsidies and funding streams for parents to have to navigate. If there's a, an affordable fee to start with, then it's um, then it's much easier to think about how to make it even more accessible for low-income families or those with additional challenges um, when the, when the maximum fee is ten dollars a day, where it puts us in a different context of, of affordability and accessibility. Now, the government is also trying to, um, or they've 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 said they're going to add additional thirty thousand spaces that the NDP is is promising. I mean, it's. There's going to be a workforce issue that I would see moving forward. Where, where are we going to get all these people that are going to work and support these spaces? So I just want to correct you on one thing. You said it's the NDP that has that has promised thirty thousand new spaces. It's actually um, the government of British Columbia and the government of Canada in a in an agreement that have made this commitment. So it's not a a political party commitment. It is a government commitment. And so we would expect that that would remain whoever is in government 
um, because it was uh, officially signed and is in, in effect. So you're right, 30,000 new spaces between now and 2026 is a lot of new childcare programs. And that's why I mentioned that the recruitment and retention issue has to be front and center because there's no sense creating new programs and even making them affordable if there's no qualified educators to work in those programs. And so uh, our roadmap to to 10 a day um, puts um, the workforce front and center and provides government with some suggestions on an urgent transition strategy um, for um, encouraging more young men and women to enter the sector and ways in which to retain educators in the sector, particularly through that wage grid that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, caregiving um, and early childhood education is it's largely done by women. How do we attract more men into the system? Well, I think as we saw in nursing and um, teaching, that when the respect and the remuneration um, are lifted up, um, then it becomes more attractive uh, for men to enter the sector. Now, more of a broad question. As a feminist organization, what do you feel are the most urgent steps the B.C. government can take to address gender inequality? Right. So um, that's a great question. And it really, for us, it really does center around uh, investing in delivering a $10 a day childcare plan. Um, and that uh, that is multifaceted because that then addresses gender equity um, through um, respect and remuneration for the mostly women who work in the sector. It creates gender equity for women who need to use childcare programs so they can fully participate in, their, in the workforce and in their communities. Um, and respecting the... Um, the leadership of um, childcare um, um, managers and directors and those who are in leadership positions in childcare as well, respecting um, their their contributions. And so, this is childcare really is front and center for for gender equity on multiple fronts. Now, we mentioned early on that. Um uh, there's a, there's a handful of organizations or sorry childcare providers that are that are involved in the ten dollar a day project right now. Are we are you concerned that that's um, going to take a long time for everybody to get get on board? Are we? I guess what I'm asking is this is this short term pain for long term gain where some parents are going to spend ten bucks and others are just going to spend spend the full price. So um, when the $10 a day sites um, first started, there were 2,500 spaces across the province. Now there are 6,500 spaces, and by the end of this year, there'll be 12,500 spaces. So getting to about 10% of childcare in the province will be uh, in 10-a-day programs. But for families, and this is really important, for families who are not fortunate enough to be in a $10 a day site yet, uh, other childcare programs are going to have the option to reduce their fees to an average of $20 a day by the end of this year through the Childcare Fee Reduction Initiative. So um, it's getting to 10 a day for more families. So hopefully DDA will be participating in that um, fee reduction initiative. Um, and so you'll be able to reduce the fees in your other programs to an average of $20 a day 
um, by the end of this year. Now, that doesn't apply to school age yet. The school age fee reductions come into effect September 2023, um, but this will be good news for families who are not yet in 10-a-day programs. But I think it's also important to recognize that the agreement that the BC government signed with the Government of Canada um, commits to achieving $10-a-day childcare across the province by 2026. So $10 a day is expanding. And in the meantime, the, the $20 a day average um, that will be in effect in other programs if the childcare provider applies to be part of the program. So from your perspective, what is your focus now? Now that we've got $10 a day childcare coming and by 2026, it should be across the board. What is, what is your focus moving forward? Well, we have to make sure that these government gov- government commitments come to fruition, and we have to make sure that all the decisions that government makes moves us in the right direction of the $10-a-day system. So the, the goal is to have a system where um, childcare is not just a, a product in the marketplace. It's not uh, considered a business or an industry. It's actually a public good, and that taxpayer dollars are spent in ways that... Um, build a public system that serves children and families and serves our economy in the best possible ways. And so that's really a focus is moving childcare out from being a market commodity to being a public good and having a system that uh, all children have access to if their families choose it, that's high quality, where educators are respected and fairly compensated. So all those things are happening at once. Um, it's uh, there's a lot lot happening for childcare this year and in the years to come. I think that about does it. Anything else to add today? I'd love people to go to tenaday.ca and sign the petition to support uh, this campaign and this work. And uh, you're always welcome to become a member of the Coalition of Childcare Advocates of BC. And I'll, I'll add that uh, B, uh, DDA and their child care centers are fully behind the $10 a day child care program, and we hope to be fully involved by 2026. You have been listening to DDA's Encouraging Abilities podcast. Our guest has been Sharon Gregson from the Coalition of Child Care Advocates of BC and the $10 a day uh, campaign. The topic, of course, $10 a day child care and the future of early childhood educators. Thank you for joining us, Sharon. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too.